Hello, and welcome to Valsource Viewpoints. I'm Jim Vesper, Director of Learning Solutions at Valsource. At Valsource, we serve the pharma and biopharma industry as commissioning, qualification, validation, and consulting experts. This is the first in a new series of podcasts concerning the revision to Annex 1, which is the European Medicine Agency's requirements on producing sterile medicinal products. In this podcast, we're wanting to provide some background and context to the revised requirements. To help us with this is Hal Baseman, a recognized industry expert on aseptic processing and a principal at Valsource. Welcome, Hal. Thanks, Jim. I appreciate it. Well, before we get started talking about Annex 1, if you could just give a little bit of background about yourself and uh, how you find yourself as a real, really recognized expert in aseptic processing. Well, first of all, you found me as an expert. <laughs> no, I, I guess uh, <laughs> um, so I've been around a long time, I, um, about 44 years. I started out back in the late 70s. Uh, and um, uh, most of my career has been in aseptic processing, uh, sterile product manufacturing. I think I've held just about every uh, site position that, that a person could hold, uh, including you know, manufacturing and aseptic processing operator and management and uh, validation and, and so forth. Uh, you know, most recently, I've been more involved in consulting. And as you mentioned, I've been a, um, a principal uh, at uh, Valsource uh, for um, close to 20 years now. And, um, and in addition to industry experience, uh, I've been very fortunate to have been able to participate quite a bit in, in with the Parenteral Drug Association, as well as uh, several other industry associations, and and that's allowed me to continue to focus uh, on aseptic processing and sort of broaden my horizons there. Uh, some of the positions I've held at the PDA, you know, have included not only the chairman of, of PDA, but the, the chair of the science advisory board and several of the aseptic processing uh, related task forces and expert committees. Uh, and of course, most recently, uh, uh, co-leading uh, the efforts involved with um, reviewing and commenting on Annex One, which I think is, is what's led me to, uh, to this podcast. Absolutely, yeah, you've had a lot of uh, experience, a lot of uh, connections with uh, industry and uh, health authorities around the world. So let's uh, talk about uh, Annex 1 and, you know, how did this whole process about revisions to Annex 1, how did it get started? Yes, indeed. Quite interesting. So uh, in 2015, uh, the EMA and PICS issued a, uh, a joint concept paper. And that concept paper discussed the intention of revising Annex 1, which, of course, are the GMPs for sterile product manufacture. And that concept paper was particularly interesting in that it stressed, among other uh, reasons to revise the Annex, the, the fact that they wanted to um, incorporate risk-based approaches and risk-based thinking, uh, which is something the, the industry had been gravitating towards uh, over the last couple of decades, uh, as well as to develop a, 
um, uh, the annex into a document uh, that could well prepare regulators and the industry for new technologies. And what I think the intent was, was not only technologies that were new at the time uh, that this concept paper was being written, uh, but even uh, uh, technologies that were off in the future that we really weren't even contemplating yet. So in other words, make this document into something that is uh, much more flexible. And that, that, that um, objective of flexibility really rung true to a number of us in the industry. It's something we had been pushing with regulators uh, for quite some time. So we're really pleased uh, to see this, um, this concept paper come out. And then once the concept paper came out, uh, one of the things that the PDA did was to put together an expert committee in anticipation of the Annex One revision. And um, what we decided to do, which I think was, was, was quite unique in regards to European guidance, we had done this many years earlier in regards to FDA guidance, was to start to prepare points to consider specifically for aseptic processing. And we did that in 2015 and 2016, we had parts one and parts two. And what was unique about the points to consider was that rather than just focus on discussion of the fundamentals of aseptic processing, uh, it tried to deal more with the, the um, more edgy topics, the pain points, if you will, the, thing, the topics that maybe did not have consensus positions within the industry or with regulators. Uh, and, and the reason we wanted to do that was we really anticipated that the revision to the annex would, would be dealing with those positions. And if we could, or those topics, and if we could get our positions out uh, and, and, and sort of, um, you know, discussed ahead of time, uh, then, uh, you know, perhaps that would, I don't know, maybe not influence uh, the authors, but at least make them aware uh, that these are issues that, that, that were of concern to the industry. Uh, so we did that. And then, of course, in 2017, uh, the, the, first, the first version of the revision came out and we were well prepared with this expert committee mm -hmm. uh, at PDA to begin the, the review and commenting process. Mm -hmm. You mentioned how uh, pain points. Could you give some examples of the pain points that uh, industry was experiencing related to uh, the production of sterile products? Certainly. So uh, this this really uh, was a broad range of of um, of, of topics, and, and they sort of follow the. the the type of organization that you see in the annex and in the uh, FDA's aseptic processing guidance, but most specifically, uh, I could I could recall uh, environmental monitoring concerns. Uh, obviously, um, the um, uh, the applicability of of five micron monitoring and, and qualification in in environmental monitoring, uh, the um, how personnel monitoring uh, could be uh, performed. Uh, there's a quite a, a, a good discussion in there about personnel qualification. Uh, you know things that uh, again uh, the annex had been written. The annex we were currently using had been written back in 2007 
in, into 2008, and the mm-hmm. FDA's uh, age safety processing guidance was written back in 2004. So, you know, uh, over a decade had passed uh, since those those guidance documents were written. So it was uh, it was not surprising that. Uh, there had been certain issues that had come up in the meantime that were not covered. Uh, mm-hmm. Quite a bit about isolator technology and quality uh, assurance within isolators, uh, media fills and aseptic process simulations, how to handle uh, the, the correct, how to, de- how to design studies, uh, you know, in so, so much as the inclusion of interventions, uh, the duration of those studies, uh, how to uh, categorize interventions and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of those things uh, became really important. And again, these are, these are things that um, are topics that um, over the years, technology has evolved. And these top, these, the positions that are in the guidances have not, perhaps not evolved as quickly. So um, it had created some areas of question. Mm-hmm. How willing were the regulators, the people that were writing Annex 1 or revising Annex 1, how willing were they to include some of these new topics and some of these pain points that industry was experiencing? Um, I think the the authors of the guidance did a very good job in that regard. Um, I can't say for certain if they uh, specifically were influenced or included those topics because we had written them up. As, um, as these important problem statements or pain points, or if it was a, or we, or if it was a situation where we wrote them up as pain points and, and topics because we already knew that the regulators were wrestling <laughs> with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in, in any case, we did see a lot of this addressed. I, I also want to say that all in all, for, for those of you that um, that have maybe have started to read the, the revisions to the guidance, and, and maybe for those of you that have not, this is a, this is a good document. Uh, I think this is an improvement over um, the previous annex or the current annex. And I think the, the group that, that authored this did try very hard to, um, uh, to listen to the industry and listen to the industry's concerns. And, and I do think the industry did a, a good job at explaining uh, their, their reasons for, for having concerns or for suggesting changes. Uh, so this was uh, quite a collaborative effort. Mm-hmm. I, I don't feel the document is perfect by any means, but then again, I don't think we should have expected that. Uh, but it, all in all, I think they've done a pretty good job of, um, of addressing uh, industry's concerns. Uh, while still maintaining their their uh, their positions as, as regulators, so mm-hmm. um, that was good. That was good, and I do think it was listened to. Uh, so the uh, initial draft came out, and uh, there were comments on that, and uh, the revisioning or the uh, commenting process has gone on for several years. Can you tell us a little bit about that? About how you and your colleagues uh, commented on multiple versions of the uh, draft and uh, changes that you saw in subsequent versions. Certainly. So when the first version came out in 2017, that was an open 
to uh, input from really uh, from the public at large and and the industry at, at large. PDA had already formed an expert committee uh, that had worked on the uh, the points to consider. So that committee largely stayed intact, uh, and we went through the document line by line and uh, and discussed it. Uh, we also solicited comments from PDA's membership, and there are several subgroups within PDA, interest groups, chapters, and so forth that submitted comments. And we those comments influenced our um, our final comments. So the expert committee would would take a look at the comments from membership and from other areas within PDA, and and use that uh, you know or consider that in preparing our final comments. And then we submitted those final comments in the spring of 2018, as I recall. Uh, and there were quite a large number of comments from the industry at large, well over 6,000. Mm -hmm. um, the authors of the, um, of the document of the Annex One, you know, had some particular challenges that they faced, um, Brexit being one of them, uh, obviously the pandemic being another one. So in, in a lot of cases, that, that sort of delayed things. I would also point out, though, that this is an interesting document in that it's not just prepared by the European regulatory community. It's also prepared by PICS, and it's also um, has heavily influenced by WHO. So this is very much a very global uh, document. But they went ahead and um, and resubmitted or revised the annex in 2020, and this and gave the industry or at least um, uh, industry associations an opportunity to comment in a limited fashion mm -hmm. um, once more on the changes. And just to repeat, we were quite happy to see a number of those changes because they reflected uh, the. Um, our comments from the original, uh, you know, um, revision uh, right. commenting process. Mm -hmm. Well, as you're seeing the most recent versions uh, that are out there uh, and uh, maybe close to being final, uh, do you see any particular challenges that uh, will face industry in meeting these new requirements in uh, the revised Annex One? I, I, I do. I think that. Um, Again, I think this is a this is a much improved document. I think there are some specific areas that the industry might be want to be wary of. I, I'm not sure I, I want to comment on those directly because I haven't seen the final final version. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I would tell you that um, a couple of things to uh, to keep in mind. Uh, there's quite a detailed discussion on isolator technology. Uh, there's a um, there's an emphasis on quality risk management. That's very, very strong in this document. And there's a high expectation uh, from regulators that the industry will, will use sound risk-based approaches to uh, making decisions on their processes and being able to justify those decisions. Uh, there's a um, there's certainly a, a recommendation for the use of a, of a contamination control strategy that takes into account the totality Mm -hmm. of controls in place to um, 
to make sure that there is no or assure that there is no contamination of, of products, especially at a microbiological level. And again, the industry needs to pay particular attention to that. I think the, the one area in general that the industry needs to pay attention to uh, is the implementation period. Uh, typically, it would be maybe six months. It's been extended, we believe, to one year. However, one year goes, these days, one year can go by in a blink of an eye. And especially yeah. with, um, you know, with, with um, you know, shortages of materials and, and delivery dates being extended and things like that, I, I would encourage companies to jump on this as fast as they can to try to put together their implementation strategies if they can, so that they can do what needs to be done within that year period if they could not and get some assistance in, in preparing risk-based arguments um, that would convince regulators that they still maintain a, a high level of control as they are waiting uh, to implement uh, some of these um, some of these provisions and some of these topics. Mm -hmm. Great, great. Any other words of wisdom uh, concerning Annex One and its uh, new state that you'd like to share? Well, uh, yes, I, 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 did, I believe that, again, uh, you know, it's a good document. However, this is a document that was prepared by several different groups. And I think um, understanding the interpretation, uh, having clear understanding of what the expectation of the regulators are, uh, will be important. I, uh, one of the comments that we continued to make was that we wanted there to be a minimal opportunity for individual interpretation by inspectors. We didn't want situations where, you know, one inspector could come in and say, this is what we would, uh, we require and another inspector to come in and say, well, we read this section differently. So spending the time and effort, uh, making sure, you know, you know, you get input perhaps from colleagues, perhaps at conferences, workshops, perhaps from, from outside experts, becomes really important so you, you have a clear idea of, of what the expectation is. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, of course, it makes it that much easier to meet that expectation. But if it's a moving target, it becomes very difficult. Um, so read this document, uh, you know, make sure you understand what, what's in it. Uh, if there's anything in this document that, that you're not able to work with or for whatever reason, uh, you feel you have an alternative position that that might be acceptable or, or might be beneficial or 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 an improved position the document you know does allow for risk-based alternative approaches but they really have to be carefully planned and carefully justified using um, sound scientific criteria and, and risk-based um, you know principles great well, Hal, thank you for spending some time. It's been great talking to somebody that was, you know, almost in the room when this uh, was being developed and uh, uh, seeing the different iterations of that uh, draft and the new versions of each of those drafts coming through. So uh, thank you for sharing that uh, experience with us. Really appreciate it. Okay, and my pleasure. Yeah, and thank you for listening uh, to this uh, podcast here from Valsource. If you're wanting more information about Annex 1 in general, there's some specific tools like an Annex 1 roadmap or an online gap assessment tool, visit the Valsource.com website and look for the Annex 1 link. 
We also have a number of experts at Felsource who have been working with PDA and other organizations on Annex One and Sterility Assurance, who can be valuable resources for you and your organization. So thanks for listening. Come back another time to hear another podcast on Annex One. Bye.